The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's going on, guys? My Take Radio, episode 354, powered by RageWorks, broadcasting live Thursday, July 21st, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. On Wednesday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, usually, we focus on MMA and wrestling. Thursdays, we switch gears and jump into gaming and entertainment. Uh, This episode, of course, can be watched, listened, and interacted with on mtrlive.com. You can also watch a live stream on Twitch, Vaughn Live, Stream Up, YouTube Live, and uh, I think there's one more. Am I missing one? Oh, and Restream, of course. Last but not least... You can also listen to the audio feed on mtrlive.com provided by Mixler. And if you're on a mobile device, you've got a couple of options. You can download the Mixler app, M-I-X-L-R. Look for it for on Android or iOS and just punch in My Take Radio and you can listen to the show live. You can also listen to Ben and Taylor's Black is the New Black show via Mixler Live as well. You can also use our call-in number, 347 324 Three five four one, and listen to the show that way, but the audio quality, of course, will be low. There is also an audio stream on blogtalkradio.com, which we are simulcasting through as well. If you want to interact with the show, like I said, you can use the call-in number or use the in-show live chat, mtrlive.com, or, like I said, the call-in number, 347-324-3541. All right, a couple of announcements. We're going to jump into this right away. Um... First and foremost, um, today I was actually not going to do a show. Uh, My mom would have been 71 today, Uh, 71 years young, probably would have still been breaking my balls, making me uh, do stuff I didn't want to do just for the sake of her not wanting to do it. Um, You know, it was it was weird. I woke up today and I look at the calendar and I'm like, shit, you know, only because, you know, psychologically, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's still a little fucked up, but um, I figured, you know. She'd probably tell me to not be a fucking asshole and do my job. And that's what I'm here to do. Um, this isn't just a job. It is, it is therapeutic interacting with you guys, sounding off on all the latest happenings in gaming, entertainment, 
MMA or wrestling. So I decided to go ahead and do today's show. There's a lot of stuff going on with San Diego Comic-Con. We got some gaming stuff to cover. So this one's for you, Mom. Anyway, aside from that, uh, last night's show, I noticed um, a lot of people were really, really uh, happy with the video quality. I, too, was happy with it. I did notice a small issue with um, the audio not syncing on the YouTube upload that we did. I think results are going to vary amongst other people that watch the video feed. I noticed it was off by a second or two. I think it was because we're still working out the bugs with the new camera. But what's happening is right now we are actually live streaming at um, 720p, 60 frames per second. In addition to that, we are also uh, recording this in full 1080p and we're probably going to encode and upload it to YouTube at 1080p. We're going to test it out, see how that works. Uh, For those of you that watch the YouTube videos, let us know. Uh, Definitely want to know your feedback with regards to that. In addition, um, the Facebook upload did not work. We tried to upload the show to Facebook. I think it's because, like I said during yesterday's show, it's a long-form video, um, and I think that Facebook isn't at that stage where they can do long-form video uploads. They can do up to four hours with Facebook Live, but they are not doing that with um, video uploads. As far as I know, if somebody's well-versed in the fine art of Facebook video, by all means, Please feel free to reach out and, you know, share your share your thoughts on it in case there's something I am missing. Uh, for those of you that have asked, yes, we are going to be on iHeartRadio, hopefully with, by the end of the week. That is the plan. So hopefully by the time this episode is done, it will be on iHeartRadio with the rest of the shows on the RageWorks network. As I mentioned during yesterday's show, the transition from My Take Radio to the RageWorks network on iTunes And all our other outlets is in progress, just trying to finalize some stuff. And each one of those providers is going to change, not simultaneously, but, you know, over the next couple of days once it's finalized. So if and when that happens, you'll just have to punch in RageWorks or the RageWorks network, and you'll be able to get all of our shows. As for individual shows, such as My Take Radio, TRSS, Black is the New Black, Um, you can probably take our RSS feed. Well, let me rephrase that. You can take our RSS feeds for those particular shows and dump them into your favorite podcatcher of choice, which will allow you to listen to those shows individually. I am going to try and put some of them individually on iTunes. It's just a matter of having to manage all of those shows individually. And that's a little bit more cumbersome. I know, uh, in particular, I, I can probably manage MTR only because I've managed that feed from you know episode one all the way up to 354 but for some of our other shows it's not as easy especially because i don't want to own those feeds those feeds belong to the hosts and you know it would just be it would just be a pain in the ass to transition that over should they decide to you know take their shows on the road go elsewhere etc but these are all things i did want to let you guys know about because like i said a lot of you guys have been asking questions i also want to thank all of you that have been joining our Facebook group, the RageWorks group on Facebook, um, has been doing very well, a decent amount of engagement in there. And I think that, you know, we're going to continue to grow that community. It's a lot more easier. to It's a lot easier to manage versus going the forum route. So I'm really glad that so many of you have been receptive to that. I think um, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to 
continue to improve it and look to do other things. Uh, like I mentioned about Facebook Live yesterday, I want to try and simulcast the show to Facebook Live. I know that uh, Luria and Dave Foster, um, they, they do a specific Facebook Live show on their channels, on, and it's really, really cool. I think they do a really good job with that. Um, I, I want to try and get to the bottom of it and figure it out, and hopefully... Uh, within the next few days or even by the end of the month, we'll be able to have some sort of a Facebook Live presence up and running. The only thing I do have to say with regards to Facebook Live, there's gonna, it's going to be tougher to manage unless I have full control of you know the video. Like right now, we use a pretty big software suite to get the show out to you guys with transitions and all that stuff. And I'm not sure how that's going to play nicely with Facebook, but we're going to try and work out those bugs. Of course, keep it locked to RageWorks for updates with regards to that. I did want to mention before we get into this week's gaming segment, we do want to do the Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice contest. I have not forgotten. I was supposed to have started it uh, during the weekend, but unfortunately, you know, life happens. But hopefully we'll be able to launch it this weekend, uh, do the giveaway, and announce it on air next week. We're also doing a giveaway with our friends at Rip the Parrel uh, with Deadpool going to do something really cool giving away uh some shirts a tote bag and a really really awesome piece of art which we're gonna definitely talk about as soon as the contest is finalized just got to get the green light from ripped and we'll be able to proceed with that for those of you that were on facebook last night at you know 4 a.m you probably might have seen that i was doing some streaming on twitch just testing out some streaming with uh Capcom versus SNK SVC Chaos. I actually plugged in, uh, brought the PS2 into the studio along with some of my other retro consoles, and we're going to try and test out and do more of that uh, going forward. Now that we got the PS2 set up, I got to get the original Xbox set up, which I'll probably do tonight while the show renders, and we're also going to probably get the Dreamcast up and running. And if all goes according to plan, we may also bring an Xbox One in here and do some streaming with Xbox One on Twitch as well. Of course, uh, make sure if you haven't to subscribe to us on Twitch, just look for RageWorks on Twitch and you'll find us there. Uh, Last but not least, any and all other videos related to RageWorks and MTR are on our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed, please do, only because there are so many of you that are subscribed to the My Take Radio channel on YouTube, and we have pretty much phased that channel out for the most part. So, I I mean, there's almost a hundred of you guys on there. So if you haven't, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I will put links to that in the show notes for this week in case you didn't have it from before. All right. So what do we got on deck for today? We got MPD numbers for the month of June on the gaming side of things. We're going to get into some of the latest gaming news of the week. We got on the entertainment side, we're going to talk about the box office totals. I'm going to give you a brief and I'm only doing this because I think it's a great way to add it to the segment. I'm going to give you my, my five-minute movie review of Ghostbusters. Uh, the official review, of course, will be on RageWorks.net. And we're also going to get into some announcements from the show floor at San Diego Comic-Con. And as always, we will take your calls, 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number, 347-324-3541. With that, let's get into this week's gaming. If you've been watching RageWorks.net over the last couple of weeks, you'll have no, you have seen that we've been 
doing as much as we can to cover the upcoming Batman game from Telltale. Um, it looks like Telltale will be releasing the first episode in August on consoles, PC, Mac, and iOS and Android devices. It will then be released as a season pass disc in North America on September 13th. And that will include the first five episodes of the season along with access to the next four episodes when they are available. If you are located in Europe, you'll be able to pick up that disc on September 16th. Um, a lot of people are super excited about Telltale's Batman uh, episodic game. And considering the great work they did with The Walking Dead, I'm thoroughly looking forward to jumping into this. On The Walking Dead side, I jumped into it a little bit and I just couldn't dedicate as much time. But with Batman, it's a little different just because comic games, they it's like anything else. I try to support the medium as much as possible. And I want to try my hardest to, to get in there and play the game. But I know our very own Slick is going to jump in there and definitely share his thoughts on the game when it drops. Yes, I know The Walking Dead is a comic game, but it's, it's not fucking Batman. So there's that. In any case, just to recap, Batman The Telltale Series will be available first episode in August, PC, Mac, iOS, Android, and consoles. And if you want the disc version, physical, tangible media that many of us still love, September 13th in North America, September 16th in the UK. Before we started this week's gaming segment, you know I mentioned that I wanted to bring my Xbox One down to the studio, and the reason is because I would like to buy an Xbox One S. Now, obviously, many people are saying, but what about Project Scorpio? Yeah, I know, it's pretty cool. I'd love to pick that up, but, you know, if I'm not going to get into anything super crazy at the moment, I'm not going to go and jump into the the Scorpio Xbox until something huge forces my hand. But I am going to pick up an Xbox One S to put in my main area where I game, and that's happening August 2nd if you've been looking for one or you're looking to, re- to reserve one. Uh, that console is going to be 40% smaller. It's going to include a built-in power supply. I have some notes for it. You're going to be, of course, able to watch Blu-ray movies, stream video in 4K with HDR, you're also going to have, uh, which of course is going to give you a higher contrast between lights and darks, you know, light and dark images, which if you've seen uh, HDR photography, you'll be able to pick that up just the same. In addition to that, you're going to get a brand new wireless controller, which has a textured grip, um, an improved signal and Bluetooth support. So you'll be able to use it on Windows 10 once the anniversary update is available. The controller itself is going to be available for purchase for $59.99 on August 2nd, but you can also obviously pick it up with the console when it drops. Uh, there's going to be a one terabyte version that's $349 and a 500 gig version for $299. Of course, all Xbox One games, accessories, and services will be compatible with the brand new Xbox One S. Now, let me let me say this. You don't have to run out there and buy an Xbox One S to enjoy uh, the current crop of games or any of the other stuff associated with Xbox. What you're going to have to look at is if you have a 4K TV or if you're in the market for a 4K TV, you are going to definitely want to make the adjustment. And the reason I say this is because much like HD, 4K is just becoming more and more and more accessible. I mean, I walked into Best Buy not that long ago, and you can get a decent 4K TV 
you know, for hundreds instead of thousands nowadays. And um, the thing that gets me with, with that is that, you know, 4K is not mandatory, much like 1080p wasn't mandatory because 720 was perfectly adequate. It's like anything else. Um, if you're in the market to improve your home theater or upgrade your home theater and you want to, you know, at, punch up your gaming experience a bit, then by all means, look at this as a potential upgrade for any one of those aspects, especially because of, instead of buying a 4K Blu-ray player, you'll be able to stream video in 4K, which if you're a Netflix subscriber, you'll be able to stream a couple of videos in 4K as is. Of course, like anything else, it, it'll be inevitable that there will be an update to allow you know full full compatibility with 4K discs as well. So this may be a nice entry-level 4K player if you're in the market for that. But again, it's one of those things, it is not necessary. The only reason I'm doing it is because I think the smaller footprint is good, and especially with my current setup, I, I just, you know, it frees up a lot of space. And on top of that, if I'm going to do more streaming, I think it's a good way to uh, not get rid of the original Xbox One and actually give it use in another place. Like I said, Xbox One S, August 2nd, one terabyte, 349, 500 gigs, 299. All right. On the Tomb Raider side of things, you know, I've been talking about Tomb Raider on and off the last couple of weeks. Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix have announced that Rise of the Tomb Raider 20-year celebration is heading to PlayStation 4 on October 11th. Of course, the game was previously available on Xbox One and PC. Now, this 20-year celebration edition is obviously going to include the game. You're also going to get the Extreme Survivor difficulty mode, which has no checkpoints. You're going to get the DLC Blood Ties and Lara's Nightmare. You're going to get co-op support for Endurance Mode. You're going to get a classic Lara card pack, which will allow fans to play Expedition Modes using several of the different Lara models over the years. You're also going to get all existing DLC, including Baba Yaga, Cold Darkness Awakened. You're getting 12 outfits, 7 weapons, 35 Expedition Packs. And in addition, the game will have support for PlayStation VR as well. So... If you are in the market for a Tomb Raider game and you have a PlayStation 4 and you've been pissed off about it, by all means, uh, keep an eye out for that when it drops on October 11th. In some other update news, Street Fighter V is getting a brand new character. If you've played the story mode recently, you know that Jury is a playable character in the story mode. Well, now she will be a playable character in game. Of course, this is part of the Season 1 uh, Street Fighter V pack, you're going to get access to Jury and a couple of her outfits, and that will be available on PlayStation 4 and PC on July 26. Now, you don't have to pay for uh, the Jury character if you play through survival mode and you rack up the points. You can, you know, use your points to purchase the character instead of just going via, uh, you know, your wallet. So the results, obviously, are going to be dependent on how you want to proceed. Do you want to grind or do you want to just pay and get it done? I mean, I've been playing survival mode and I, you know, I played survival mode twice, story mode once, and I got three characters out of it. I ended up taking Guile, Alex, and um, Ibuki out of the deal. And, you know, I mean, I was going to get Balrog as well, but given that I don't really use Balrog too much I you know I figured if I if I if I rack up the points at some point I'll get it if not 
it's not a big deal. Um, again, if you are a jury fan and you were blown away by her gameplay and how she looked in game, then you're going to be able to pick her up on PlayStation 4 and PC on July 26. Now, of course, there's tons of rumors and speculation as to which characters are going to be next. Um, I really would like to see if they make Rashid's manservant a playable character, considering how much of a presence he had in game. Of course, that's wishful thinking, but considering how big he was and, you know, the, the way he looked on screen, I said to myself, damn, he would make a, a, a pretty cool new character. Obviously, we know that Urian is also going to be a playable character as well, which if you've played the uh, story mode, you know that he he's going to definitely be one of those characters that you're going to be able to pick up. Now, obviously, there's a lot of rumors running around as to which other characters we're going to see, whether Akuma will be in the game, even though, you know, it's been rumored that he's just being used in Tekken 7 and will not be in this Street Fighter game. The, the way I see it is if you are actively playing the game and want to get all the characters, you're welcome to use your wallet to acquire them or just grind the game and get, unlock them gradually. I mean, ever since they did the new update, it's been, it's been a better experience as a Street Fighter fan for me personally. I've, I've actually been venturing online a little bit more given that um they they're doing more in terms of matchmaking where they're matching you up with players of a similar skill level i am by no means a street fighter master i can i can hold my own but it's good to go in there and have a couple of competitive matches on occasion instead of just going out there randomly getting picked and just being obliterated by whoever you're facing so uh it's 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 pretty cool that that they did improve that the story mode was was decent i mean it wasn't gonna set the world on fire i mean it's a fucking fighting game for god's sakes but it was good enough to pass some time now i will say that we still many of us will appreciate a dedicated arcade mode just to play through the game and 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 do it nice and casual don't get me wrong survival mode is cool if you want to do that but just a, a regular standalone arcade mode that you could just play through when you're bored 15 20 minutes and you're done it would just at least for me it would be it would be something of uh of a welcome addition to the game. Now, is that ever going to happen? Who knows? I mean, right now, like I said, people wanted a story mode. They got it. Most people plowed through it fairly quickly. I chipped away at it until it was done, but I would like to see an arcade mode and, of course, uh, more characters. I, I'm sure the second season's going to have quite a few of them, but you know, more characters is never a bad thing, especially from a variety standpoint. All right, I want to talk cross-platform play. If you guys remember uh, when Rocket League was announced for Xbox One, there was a very, very, very strong possibility of cross-platform play. And at the time, it was something that many of us were looking at as a pipe dream. Well, I got to say that it's looking less and less like a pipe dream and more and more like a possibility. Um, Psionics Vice President Jeremy Dunham said that Rocket League's cross-network play between PS4 and Xbox One is complete in an interview with IGN, and he said that they could have it up and running within a few hours, and the only thing that is required is Sony's approval to be released. Dunham explained in the interview with IGN that they were very, very close initially, but, you know, it was at a point where they just had to work at it, and they were able to um, get the... They were able to get everything set up in relatively quick fashion. Now, because of this, obviously the cross-platform play is going to be 
off to the races. Now, the thing that gets me is that if you can do it with Rocket League, why can you not do it uh, with other games? If, if Psionics can pull it off, why can't other companies allow that to happen? Now, I think that this may be uh, the, the beginning of cross-platform play for multiple titles. I think that you know once Psionic gets out there and people are able to jump in and get the ball rolling, I'd be curious to see how far or how much uh, of that is going to take off. Again, for me personally, I actually got Rocket League when they gave it away for free on PS4, and I believe that cross-platform play would definitely increase the replay value. Uh, Jimbo Slice is telling me that my audio does not does not match my video. Hmm. I'm guessing that this probably has to do with the stream to um, YouTube, which if it does, I, I think we're still going to have to work out some bugs. Thank you for the update, Jimbo Slice. I appreciate it. Uh, in terms of audio here, it looks like based on the new monitors that I got to use, um, it sounds pretty good, but we'll see what happens in post-production. Appreciate the update. Uh, it feels really weird, by the way, wearing headphones. As many of you know, I switched to in-ear buds uh, a while back, and before I went on air, those buds took a giant dump and had to get tossed in the pail, so had to break out these uh, UFC headphones from Monster, which um, they're, they're actually quite comfortable. I mean, I've been using them off-air, but um, I didn't realize how comfortable they would be for the show as well. So there you have it. For those of you that are curious, these are um, the UFC style headphones from Monster. Super comfortable. I'll put a link for that in the show notes for those of you that are curious. Slick told me that my Twitch stream has good audio and video. See, um, it's definitely then a YouTube thing. Fucking YouTube. Pain in my fucking ass. Um, any case, we'll, we'll definitely work on that going forward, but... It's something that needed to be acknowledged. If you are watching it via YouTube and the audio is slightly off, you can definitely switch to to Twitch or Restream or Vaughn Live or any of the other providers. One game that I got to talk about, and this is strictly because I love fighting games, is Guru Mark of the Wolves. Uh, the la- one of the last Fatal Fury games that came out uh, was released not that long ago on Xbox 360. Super awesome game. Loved it. I really was hoping that they would remaster it and re-release it. Well, I'm not getting a remaster, but I am going to get to actually play the game on the PlayStation 4, and it's also being released on the PS Vita. The PlayStation blog updated us uh, earlier today. The upcoming version is going to be developed by Code Mystics, and it will have cross-play functionality and online multiplayer, which is fantastic. Uh, in addition to that, they're going to use the net code that Code Mystics did for Last Blade 2, and um, the online multiplayer is something that I'm really excited for. I think uh, Guru Mark of the Wolves w- is going to do really well on the PlayStation 4. And I think it's going to be one of those things where this can be the start of a resurgence for fighting games, especially with Evo getting such mainstream press lately. Seeing classics like Guru Mark of the Wolves, I would love to see another Samurai Showdown, especially on... Uh, PS4, I think people would definitely be, you know, they would be pumped for that. But hearing that Guru is coming back, really psyched. I don't have a release date yet, but as soon as I get one, I'll definitely share it with you guys. Uh, The PlayStation blog only pretty much stated that it was just going to be a PS4 and PS Vita release, nothing else. No 
no release window, nothing. Just what kind of features it would have, the net code, etc. But like I said, when I get updated news, I will share it with you guys because I definitely wouldn't mind uh, mixing it up online with uh, fellow uh, Fatal Fury fans, that's for sure. All right, let's talk June MPD numbers. Uh, very interesting month in terms of hardware and software sales for the gaming industry. Uh, video game hardware actually saw a drop from 2015 to 2016. Uh, a couple of reasons why that is. Uh, many people are saying that there's just not as many engaging titles to move hardware. Take that for what it's worth. I personally feel that even though obviously PlayStation 4 was the number one seller, I think that there is no, there was no IP during the summer that was going to move the needle the way that many people would think. And, you know, Slick and I have talked about this on previous shows that the summer is usually pretty, you know, by the book when it comes to gaming. There's one or two releases here and there. I mean, obviously, you got Madden in, July, in, in late August, which is going to get people psyched and may move some units. But people aren't jumping out there to buy new consoles because there's really nothing that is forcing uh, the gaming public to spend their money. Obviously, come... October, November, they're going to obviously drop some good titles to move some some revenue around. But it, you're not you're not going to get the same thing that you would have got a couple of years back where it was a constant stream of really, really good games coming out. Now, I will say this, even though hardware sales have gone down, uh, software sales have pretty much been either as expected or slightly better than forecasted and mpd actually for uh the month of june actually started factoring in um digital sales alongside physical sales so this is going to change the numbers and the pl the ranking for games this month and i'll say this because uh one game that saw a really 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 uh huge huge difference once you factored in digital alongside physical was GTA 5, which ended up being the number two uh, most purchased and or downloaded game on, you know, either either console. So there's definitely that. Now, with regards to the top 10, I want to break it down. I'm going to start from number 10, work my way up. Uh, number 10, Minecraft, still printing money, uh, both in digital and physical formats, still moving the needle. Uh, we It's pretty much been on the list, I want to say, for the last three or four months and now that it's hit the number 10 slot, maybe we might see it drop off in, in July's MPD numbers. We'll see what happens. Uh, Destiny the Taken King came in at number 9. Call of Duty Black Ops 3 holding on at number 8. NBA 2K16 in the number 7 slot. Uncharted 4, number 6. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, number 5. I'm actually shocked that the game moved that much volume to um, make, a, you know, make a dent. Doom was number 4. Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens was number three. GTA 5 was number two. And I'm not even shocked about this, but the number one game for the month of June was Overwatch. Overwatch had a uh, very, very solid turnout, uh, obviously both for physical and digital media. So um, congratulations to the Overwatch team for being the number one selling game for the month of June. Uh, Slick has informed me that he is in the queue. Let me bring him in. Mr. Slick, what's up? What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Uh, no, I was just chiming in because you had mentioned that the, um, how, you know, 
usually the summer doldrums and everything, but that's right. I kind of disagree with that over the past couple of years. I mean, last year the summer was pretty good, and this year I get what you're saying that people aren't necessarily running out to buy games, but there's a lot of games out there to be bought. Right, but that are coming out in the summer. Well, let me tell you this. I'm going to I'm going to just rattle off a couple of numbers and you'll see what I mean. In 2015, video game software generated 402 million dollars. This is June 2015. 2016, it has a 322 million dollar difference. Now, obviously 322 402 20% drop from last year to this year, not a Obviously not terrible. Millions are millions. Any way you slice it, you know, we're splitting hairs. But I got to say that at the end of the day, it's still it's still a decent, you know, 20% is not a number that can easily be swept under the rug. Now, to your point, obviously, um, you know, release dates and titles are going to be a huge factor. But I just feel that during the summer, we've had, you know, one or two games every year that kind of come out and keep the summer the summer gaming on it, you know, they, they keep it hype. But a couple of things I got to say, and somebody mentioned this in a, in a group I was in, they said that MPD numbers for July are going to be very interesting because everybody's playing Pokemon Go and not buying new games. I was thinking of some, something similar. Right. And that's, you know, again, I mean, it's one of those things but, where, it's one of those things where, you know, we can say... Oh, you know, that's that's good, that's bad, but that's something that now from now on people are, you know, developers and companies are going to have to take notice like, fuck, we're competing now against mobile. I I have a little bit to say on that. I really think that quote unquote competing against mobile is not going to be as big a factor as some might think just because and again, I could just be speaking for myself. But I think that the quote-unquote hardcore gamers are still going to be, you know, gaming at home or gaming on, you know, like a, a DS or maybe a PS Vita. But um, it's terrible that I said that that way. I know, but it, it's, it's fucking true. Let's <laughs> not kid ourselves. It is. it is a paperweight. Um, I got to say this. Well, there's, not to cut you off, there's, there's, a, there's a big gap in, in regards to that. And I'll say, and I'll... And I'll you know, throw this out there and then you can you can continue your point. The the way I see it is uh, as a as a gamer, you're obviously going to go and buy the games that you want when they're released. That's fine. But mobile gaming has the added advantage that it's on a device that is always with you. Now, again, I'm not talking about from a monetary standpoint. I'm talking about from something that's just as valuable as money. And that is time. You know, if you're out and about and, and, you know, doing, doing the Pokemon Go thing and you're, you know, trying to catch and doing all this, you're not going to go and put that down to go and sit in front of the, you may, obviously, like that's not, that's a no brainer. You may go and buy a new game. But what I'm saying is that the amount of traction with regards to getting eyes in front of a title now is going to be a little different than before because you're able to put out IPs that are grabbing people's attention. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be a huge, huge disparity, but I am going to say that in the month of July, considering that the, you know, the bulk of the people are playing this game, 
people are kind of trying to, you know, they're trying to grind on that game right now. So those people that aren't enamored with the game or just don't give a shit, they're they're not going to care and they're going to go buy their usual titles, whether it's that Madden or anything else. It's going to happen, you know? I agree with you on that. And what I what I was just coming to is that, you know, we it, we are in the, the midst of the summer, so people are going to be out anyway. Right. So as far as the popularity and wild success of Pokemon Go, that has to do with people already being out. Right. I'd like to see, and even if, you know, they, it, like it looks like they're going to do this, even if they stagger the generations of Pokemon to to extend the, the longevity of Pokemon Go. Right. Because it definitely looks like they're doing that. Yep. I want to see how well the game does in the winter. Also, mm-hmm. I want to take specifically this week as an example okay. of how, you know, the hardcore gamers are going to be playing their games inside versus the casual people that are just... I hate to say going with the flow of Pokemon Go, but again, it is what it is. But um, you take this week, pretty much every day except for for Monday, something big has happened for the quote-unquote hardcore console or PC gamer. Okay. Because you have Tuesday, you had the release of I Am Setsuna by Square Enix, which is a, a big throwback to, to classic JRPGs, especially titles like um, the Chrono Trigger. So that that's going to be big with the RPG community. Okay. Also, um, SNK through Atlas put out the demo for for King of Fighters 14, which features seven, seven of the 50 characters and has, I think, two or three of the new ones. So right. that, I mean, people who normally only really care about Street Fighter are getting into that slowly. Right. You have also on Tuesday, again, Square Enix released a new episode for the episodic Hitman game. That's right. Which, like I, I, I said on social media myself, I am somebody who was, you know, not to say what is crazy for Pokemon Go, but, but that's because I'm a long-time Pokemon fan. Right. I haven't touched really. I really haven't touched Pokemon Go since Tuesday because I've been killing people left and right playing Hitman. That's right. But here's the then, thing to to that point. There's there's something you said before between the diehard gamer and the casual gamer. And the casual gamer is as much as I hate to say it, there's a lot of them. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about casual in the sense that a game here a game there i'm talking casual in the sense that hey everybody's talking about this game let me jump on and play it and then they kind of just stay they stay a, a gamer consistently whether it's you know doing words with friends or any of these other fly-by-night games there's always that and and to your point you've been you've been consumed playing hitman and i know you know people are doing the uh, the um king of fighters demo but I got to say, you're still you have a mobile device on you pretty much at all times. And what's going to happen is that the amount of time spent on your phone is going to decrease. But the game is still going to be played. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not I'm not doubting that at all. 
I'm with you 100 percent there. That's kind of where I see it going. It's just that, I'm glad to hear what you just said. I said that's where I see it going. Oh yeah, and my big thing is, I see personally uh, uh, the biggest hurdle that Pokemon Go has, aside from the winter when people either aren't going to be out as much or can't exactly hold a cell phone in their hand, <laughs> at least for New Yorkers, for example, is, I think it's, is it September or October, the release of Pokemon Sun and Moon. That's right. The core chunk of people that were, were dying to play Pokemon Go are Pokemon fans. Right. And a lot of them are are 3DS owners, and they're going to pick up Pokemon Sun and Moon, which, at that point, all the complaints, and yes, there are complaints on Pokemon Go, aside from the fact that, you know, the servers just don't work when right. you want to play the damn game. That's right. I have a real Pokemon game to play once again. <laughs> well, to that point, there's something that people forget about, and that is the band that Nintendo is releasing that will will make you which will can be used in conjunction with the Pokemon Go game and you don't have to hold your phone all the time. Remember that also because I believe that's scheduled to be released in August and I have a feeling that as it gets colder the push for that will become more prevalent. You get what I'm saying? Like there's going to be a harder push for that stuff. Again, I I'm speaking for myself. Right, of course. But I don't see that kicking off as as much as they think, because really, that band is a freaking lanyard and a button. That's right. But and you know, that button doesn't give you any information. It lets you press it and catch a Pokemon. And here's the problem with that. As far as I don't know if you've touched Pokemon Go at all, have you? I have. I've been playing, but but again, it's not something I I'm consistent. Like I've I've seen. People in the park doing all, like if I'm someplace and eh, let me see what's here, you know, I play it like that, like maybe maybe here and there sporadically. But what I got to say is that that band, like anything else, is is Nintendo's pilot program as usual. It's like, oh, oh we'll see how this goes. Sell, but here's the reason why I say it's not going to do as well as you might think. You remember when the Pokemon cartoon first started and they had the Poke Rap? Yep. And they would list off the 151 Pokemon. That's correct. Somebody somebody made a YouTube video oh, based on Pokemon Go. Right. And when they were listed off the Pokemon, they based it on what you encounter when you're walking down the street. Right. And they were like, Radita, 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 Piggy, Radita, yep. Radita, Radita, Radita. Yep. And that's really what it is. Except for me, it's all freaking Doduo. But because of that, that's why me, again, speaking for myself, that button is useless to me because I'm going to be wasting my Pokeballs catching freaking Doduo, Radita, and Pidgey all day long. Right, but you have to look at it like this, and this is, to your point, you said, for you, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this, for you, obviously, this means donut, jack shit, nothing, bubkis, but... For kids that are going back to school that can't walk around with their phone out, that, my friend, is the, is, is the, is the game breaker. Because, like anything else, 
the, you know, once you grab the kids, you grab the parents. See what I mean? In your case, obviously, I it means it means nothing. To me, it means nothing. To the average person that can, you know, pull out their phone wherever they're at, it means jack shit. But to the kids going back to school in September, that, my friend, is going to change the way the game is played. Because, again, kids aren't going to be walking around the hallways with their phones out. And thus, Nintendo once again sells something that they probably cost 50 cents to make, and it will extend the longevity of something that is being given out for free. On, on top of the fact that the success of this game, on top of the money that I said Nintendo made last week, has actually made their profitability substantially better than, than it's been in quite some time. Which is scary. Yeah, did their stock go up like nine billion or something, or was it? Yeah, that was million? that was last week. They they made nine they made nine billion dollars last week. Off but, a free game. Off a free game. But again, this is what I'm saying. You're you're looking at it like, yeah, you know, putting putting our putting ourselves in the use in the use. In, uh, let me rephrase that. Putting ourselves in the usage case for for other people. That, that play the game, we're going to be like, ah, we're fucking responsible adults, we're not going to pull out our phones all the time, that's not what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. I mean, most of us are still going to do that, but the, 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 the bulk of us are not. But the kids, of which there are many, will be all over that. Not to mention the fact that the game hadn't been released in Japan, and that has since changed. It didn't come out in Japan before it came out anywhere else? That's what they were saying. That's odd. Very. Now, especially considering the po- Pokemon Sun and Moon is out in Japan already. Right. Well, I think that they were. They probably and and again, I, I I'm don't I'm not a hundred percent with that. But from what I read, it was that it was being released in Japan and I think also in China. I want to say, but it hadn't been done prior for for some fucking reason. And again, I read it as a blurb. Not a hundred percent, so please fact check me on that when when you get off the off the call. But the way I see it is, if you're if you're pilot programming this, if you're doing this as a pilot program here in the states, and the band, which I think is what twenty thirty bucks, drops conveniently, I believe in August. You know exactly why that is. Yeah, to get them before. <laughs> Actually, getting the the parents right when they're going school shopping. Bingo, because what's going to happen is the parents are going to be like, shit, I don't need my kid's phone being taken away because of this fucking game. It's exactly what's happening. $35. 35 bucks, right? Yep. See, not terrible, because the game is already free, and that's the lure. That's That, you know, no pun intended ter- with that. See, you, you actually... <laughs> you actually... <laughs> Messed up yourself by saying that because it goes back to the kids. It's not terrible if it's you and me. Right. Because even in your case, it might be you and maybe maybe Andrea. Right. But think about the think about the parent or parents who have like four kids. Right. But I'll tell you this. That's 140 bucks. That is. But also it becomes a question of how how it gets applied. And, and I say this because a parent with four kids, yes, that, that becomes 
one of those cases, and it's going to be one of those where results may vary. But the like, you know, the gag, the lure is the fact that the game itself is free, and then the parent has to weigh it out. Do I spend the measly thirty five bucks, and I and I use measly as you know just just for this example, or do I risk my kids? $600 phone being taken away and me having to go up there. And that again goes back to what I said before. The most expensive thing, the most valuable thing besides money is time. And parents are not going to want to deal with the bullshit. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, there's arguments for and against of course. that. And they, they, they come out of the realm of gaming, so I'm not going to go there. Right, but that's what I mean. But the all arguments... I'm going to say is think about, think about cell phone tickets. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, people playing the fucking game when they're driving and, you know, all those crazy oh, things. Oh, no, I'm not talking about that. Oh, That's no. The whole other issue. <laughs> listen, listen, I've read I've read stories, you know, people crashing into cars, people getting hit by vehicles because they're not looking forward. Guys that have created businesses out of this. I think there was a guy and I read this. I want to say it was on Facebook that for 20 bucks, he will pick you up. And he will drive you around for an hour. Yeah, the Uber guys. Yep. Drive you around for an hour to pick up whatever you want. But this guy was running it, I believe, on his own. Non, a non-Uber guy. And I said to myself, look at this. Look at, look at this craziness. People are buying drones. Drones, Slick. Slapping their phone on a drone. Flying their drone around to play this game. Are you hearing this crazy shit? Here's here's another one. Kids are actually buying bicycles or, or or actively trying to get bicycles to do that. As a matter of fact, I saw a kid today by my office on a bicycle and he had his phone on a dock and he stopped at the store. And gee, what was on his home screen? The fucking map and his dinky little trainer. Again, it's it, it's funny how this works. And again, this might this might be a fad. This might be gone tomorrow. But the 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 short term gains that it's made are creating something a new outlet and a new market for developers and for other companies. Like shit, if they could do it, why can't we? Oh, I can't wait to see the knockoffs. They're gonna be fucking terrible. That's it. It's gonna happen. You know, the yeah. knockoffs are gonna be all. I mean. Granted that Pokemon Go is literally a knockoff of Ingress, but right. it's, it's made by the same right. company, but right. that's a whole other issue again. Of course. But I mean the legit or illegit knockoffs from other companies. Well, I mean, it's no different than, than when Flappy Bird came out and everybody tried to do Flappy Fish, Flying Fish, Flying Turtle, Running Rat, you know, all, all this garbage for for a guy who created a game caked off, made a whole bunch of money, and then the game was was taken down. And it didn't matter because the guy made all his money. Even if the... Let's say, you know, extreme case. Let's say the guy walked away with a million dollars. Just, you know, I'm probably completely off. But let's say he did. Say he walked away with a million dollars in ad revenue. He he can go and make another game. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it was to the point where that game, if I remember correctly... People were leaving it loaded on phones and selling the phone with the game loaded for hundreds of dollars more than it should have been. Crazy. Crazy shit, right? And this is what I mean. Like we are we're, we're in a different in a different 
you know, plain when it comes to this stuff, because as as seasoned gamers, as quote unquote grownups, you know, we look at this stuff and we're like, ah, you know, whatever. But I also look at it from the, the, the futuristic application, the same thing with VR, the VR that everybody's seeing now is is, you know, the first version of Skynet. You know, it's not it's nothing. When when you're able to, like I said a, a couple of weeks back, when you're able to put a contact lens in your eye and walk through the Louvre in France or be front row at a concert, that's the experience that people are. That's VR. This right now is you walking around with, with, with a fucking view master on your face. I'm serious. It's, 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 in, it's infancy. It's tech in its infancy, which, again, not bad. I'm all for innovation. Everything has, you know... Big things have small beginnings, but the fact is that you know everybody's like, "Oh, VR, VR is the future." This is nowhere near the future yet. This is the beginning. This is this is interesting, but nowhere near where it where it needs to be. I um, I try to stay away from the VR just from you know personal phobias. I found it insane that I think this was in Japan or, or maybe it was China where they actually made a functioning um, Alfheim, which is the name of the the, um, the fictional land that you're in in, in um, the Sword Art Online anime. And they had people in, like, VR that's very close to what was in that show. I'm like, you realize the whole premise of that story is that these people got stuck in there, and if they died, they died for real. Right. But you're gonna play that shit. Well, listen, like, y'all are fucking insane. Well, listen, we're not we're not at the stage where it's it's the Matrix and you know red pill, blue pill. Oh my God, agents, don't kill me. But it's it's like anything else. Everything has to start somewhere, and and it's you know I joke about I joke about this all the time when when you know people complain about a flight not having Wi Fi. I'm like, motherfucker, you should be impressed that you're flying across the, the, the country in 15 minutes, you know, or 20 minutes or whatever the case may be, you know, especially if it, or if you're taking a bullet train or anything, any of these modern conveniences that everybody has. And, and again, that was a that was a poor example. You know, you're flying across the country in, in a couple of hours versus, you know, it, going across the country in days, weeks, months and years, you know. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like like VR, what we have now is eh, you know, it's it's cool and it's it's a buzzword and everybody's like, "Yeah, fucking VR." And it's like this is nothing. This is you with a viewmaster on your face wandering around your house like a blind person, bumping into shit, <laughs> looking all awkward. Let me let me let me give you guys a uh, uh, let me paint a picture. Uh Danny's in the chat. Danny and I went to an event for HTC. And Danny's like, oh, you got to try the, the HTC um, virtual reality experience. I did. I plugged it in. I'm doing all this shit. I'm painting in the sky with fire, which was pretty awesome. You know, doing all this stuff. And she's like, oh, I took video. She took video and photos, whatever. I look at the video and I'm like, I'm not going to put this on YouTube. Number one, I look like Stevie Wonder trying to find his way to the bathroom. Number two, I look like you look like a jerk off. I hate to say it, but it's true. When there's a VR demo station in a mall by my office and they have a Microsoft store and they got a big alienware computer and they got the big VR headset 
and you walk by the big glass windows and you just see a guy like, oh, I'm going to I'm painting in the sky. And it's like, yeah, it's cool. But people see you and you look like a tool. Not by not by, you, you know, see the video. I forget the name of that game, but it's like the game where you're like stuck in one spot and you can just turn around 360 and there's zombies that come at you. Right. And it's in VR. I think so. I think I've seen it. They had this one video where they had a they had a beehole playing. <laughs> they had the grandpa playing, and he just started yes, fucking yes. everything up. Yep, I I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> the, the, like I thought the old man had like PTSD, and he just went crazy. You know, and and but this is what I'm saying. Like the VR stuff is is it's it's great, man. It's great. It's innovation. It's it's awesome. But we're not we're not there yet. We're not. When when the you know when people say oh you know five ten years I think that VR the correct immersive experience is maybe another five to ten years out because like everything else it's going to become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it's perfect think about think about old you know I was watching um what you call what you call it the uh, the the movie with Gordon Gecko with uh, what's his name Wall Street. And um, with Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen and I'm watching it and I see him holding the cordless phone that looked like a fucking brick. And think about that. Think about how far back that was. And now it's like you have a phone that's it can be as small as your wallet, as thin as a, you know, a small book that gives you access to the entire Internet, has global positioning, video conferencing. And think of how that how how it started as a giant brick that you held to the side of your head, and this is what I'm saying. And it v- takes video and pictures better than the cameras that were available at that time. Correct, and that, my friend, is what I'm saying. Like VR, it's all cool, it's all awesome, but long way to go. That's all I'm saying. I am looking forward to the future of VR, where the stuff is jacking directly into your brain, though. Yeah, but you know what it I'm is. I'm gonna say it right now. That that that's some dangerous shit. Yeah, but but it's like anything else, man. When people saw Google Glass, they were like, "Oh, look at this fucking clown. He thinks he's a Terminator." In five to ten years, that will become the standard. When people were like, "Oh, Bluetooth headsets. You look like a fucking jerk." Now people don't even want to look at wires on their headphones. Think about it. Nobody wants to do, nobody wants any of that shit. Well, initially, it's all like, oh, this is bullshit. Now, like, here's a good example. My phone. This is a Note, Note 4. And people look at it, and they're like, oh, it's a big-ass phone. Yeah, but Apple made an iPhone just as big. Why? Because motherfuckers bought this thing, you know? Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, ah, oh, don't, don't buy that. Oh, but it takes, it's so awesome. It, you know, it has so much room for me to do stuff. How much room do you need? Like, I bought the note because I like the pen. Why? Because I still value writing, but I don't want to carry a little notebook or pieces of paper or any of that crap. So that's why I got the phone. But this is what I mean. I want the note because I like the pen and because of Rageworks. And it just, it helps me. You know, take care of business. Right. And this is what I'm saying. Like, VR, even gaming. Like, right now, everybody's like, oh, you know, 4K gaming isn't a big deal. 
yeah, okay, when you're complaining about the graphics on your Xbox One and that they should have been in 4K, you will be part of the problem. <laughs> That's one thing that I will say that definitely could be improved about Pokemon Go. Have you noticed that it doesn't respond to the freaking S10? Uh, dude, I don't play it to the point where I've even made that a factor. I look at it and I'm like, oh shit, there's a fucking rat sitting on my desk. Maybe I should catch it. <laughs> That's about it. Like, like again, everybody that looks at this like, oh god, I'm like, oh look, it's a bird flying by my boss's head. Maybe I should catch it. You know, like that's it. Like it's not it's not that serious. Again, I'm not saying you should play it at work, folks. Don't 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 follow my example. Anyway, with that said, um that was actually the last bit of gaming news I had for this week. Is there anything you wanted to add? Yeah, yeah um going back again to Hitman one more time. If anybody has been playing Hitman or is just picking it up brand new this week, because actually a few people did, uh, starting, well, at this point it's yesterday, for a full week, if you are in the Sapienza area of Hitman, you can track down and kill Gary Busey. Nice. Which, I will tell you, that was quite an experience. Well, it's also Gary Busey. As much as he is in real life, Gary Busey is a fucking madman in that game. Nice. Fun times. So, there he you have He sat there and sang to a woman that had no idea who he was for about five minutes. And I watched that shit. Oh, Jesus. And it was fucking hysterical. Well, there you have it. Anything else? Uh, just if you want to see that and any more crazy shit from what I've been doing online, you can always run over to my YouTube channel. There you go. Make sure to check out Slick's YouTube channel. I will put links for that in the show notes. Um, last thing before I let you go, happy birthday. It is Slick's birthday today. Please make sure to hit him up on every social media outlet possible. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And, and pester him about it. Now you're just going to have people wishing you a happy birthday across all platforms. So there you go. My gift to you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that very much. There you go. All right, brother. I appreciate you calling in this week. All right. I'll talk to you later. You got it, brother. Peace. All right. That was our very own Slick. And um, make sure to check out his YouTube channel. Links for that will be in the show notes. I will also put all the links on social media that you can catch up with Slick as well. And look for his work on RageWorks.net. Time to switch gears and jump into... I think I got to move this uh, soundboard closer to me. This is not cool. Let's talk movie and TV news for this week. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is Star Trek, which, of course, the brand new one is coming out this week. As a matter of fact, it should be in theaters now. Um, even though we're already on this Star Trek film, there is already another Star Trek film in the works. Deadline had reported that Paramount Pictures and Bad Robot had confirmed that a fourth Star Trek movie is on the way with the cast from the first three films making their return. In addition to that, um, Chris Pine's Captain Kirk will end up meeting his father, who will once again be played by Chris Hemsworth. If you guys remember, in the first Star Trek film, Chris Hemsworth played his father for uh, a brief period of time before he died. 
and um, looks like they will actually get to interact on screen, which I think is going to be pretty cool. So if you are a Star Trek fan, I am happy to report that another film is in the works and that we will see uh, George Kirk and, you know, James T. Kirk face to face with uh, Pine and Hemsworth on screen. Uh, looking forward to that. Star Trek Beyond, like I said, in theaters now. Uh, you know, it's been getting some positive reviews. I'd like to go check it out. If I do, keep uh, an eye out for a review on RageWorks.net. A couple of weeks back, I was talking about the Han Solo casting for the Solo, no pun intended, uh, Han Solo film. And it looks like Alden Ehrenreich is officially cast as Han Solo. I mentioned a couple of weeks back that he was pretty much in consideration and that it was a formality in regards to the announcement, but now it looks like it is 100% confirmed after an announcement at the Star Wars celebration. Now, of course, this film will be in theaters in 2018. Chris Miller and Phil Lord are directing the movie. Uh, basically, it's going to follow, obviously, how Han became a smuggler and a scoundrel, and, you know, probably how he met Chewie, and, of course, it will probably lead right into his encounter with Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, as someone who has enjoyed the Star Wars films, I'm curious to see how much backstory Han Solo has and how much of that's going to be pulled from books, comics, expanded universe stories and applied on screen. I mean, right now, obviously, we got Star Wars Rogue One, uh, which is on deck, but I'm curious to see what you can do with Han Solo's character, given the fact that there's... There's so many layers to the character, not just, like I said, who he was, but what made him become a smuggler um, and and lead him on the path that he was on. I think it's a compelling story, but a story that, if it's executed poorly, will definitely do some damage uh, to the to the brand new Star Wars extended universe that they're trying to set up on screen. Again, movie comes out May 25th, 2018. If any other news become available, of course, keep it locked to MTR and RageWorks for that. Box office numbers. Uh, the Secret Life of Pets held on to the number one slot, earning an additional $50 million, bringing its total already to $203.1 million. Ghostbusters debuted at number two. The Legend of Tarzan came in at number three, finding Dory in the number four slot. Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates was number five. You can check out our review on RageWorks.net for that film. Uh, the Purge election year was number six. Central Intelligence holds on in the number seven slot. Uh, the Infiltrators, number eight. The BFG is number nine. Independence Day Resurgence tumbles to the number 10 slot, earning an additional $3.5 million and bringing its grand total to $98.5 million. Now, I want to talk about Ghostbusters for a couple of reasons, give you guys my little five-minute assessment. Um, I walked into this movie without any preconceived notions about casting, you know, what I saw from my childhood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I walked in with a clean slate and doing so, I don't know if that was a factor or not, but I did enjoy the film. Was it as great as the classics? No, but it was, it was good in its own right. It definitely stood on its own. Uh, the people that have said, you know, that there are, that there are, you know, misrepresentations and, and that the characters are handled poorly. It's, it's all about perception. And I got to say, there was an article I read earlier today about Leslie Jones and how she was viewed in the film uh, on top of the fact of all the, the negative commentary that was 
sent her way on Twitter. And I've realized that we as, 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 a, as a people just sometimes we're, we're really just giant, whiny, complainy motherfuckers. And other times, you know, we, we can band together for something common and do the right thing. And with regards to this film, I felt that the, that the hate that was thrown at it, myself included way back when, and you guys can check past shows. Um, it was, it was, like I said, was it an amazing, amazing movie? It was, it was okay. It was, it was good for what it was. I will say this. I saw the film in IMAX 3D and the 3D that was used in this film is without a doubt some of the best 3D that I've seen. And I'm not even joking. You know, I, uh, th- there's hokey 3D where, you know, oh, it jumps in your face and you're like, holy shit, you know, like it's not that. The way it was done was just it was it was masterfully executed. It really was. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with it. I thought that the 3D was going to be like I said, just oh look, the ghosts jump out of the screen. But it it went as 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 deep as when the proton pack was shot. The streams from the proton pack would actually curve out of the screen back into the screen. Like it was it was a really really impressive visual. And me explaining it will not do it justice. Now, as I said, it is, you know, comparing that to the originals, it's very easy to do, especially if you grew up with the original Ghostbusters, if you are a fan of both both films and the cartoon, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that they they definitely had a lot of fan service um, from Slimer to other particular characters, which I don't want to spoil. In, in At the end of the day... I have to say that if you want to see the film or you are curious about it, check it out, but walk into the theater with an open mind. Walk in there and say, you know, this isn't this isn't a Ghostbusters film for me. And this goes back to a, to a piece I saw leading up to the film. Yes, as, a, as an 80s kid, as somebody who grew up with Ghostbusters 1 and 2, the cartoon, the toys, all that shit, when, when, the, when the reboot was announced, I was, I was angry. I was pissed off. And I said, why are you taking what, what, you know, what was so perfect and, you know, rebooting it and bastardizing it? But then I thought about it and I saw a photo online that, that completely changed my perception before I went to see the film. It was a, it was a father dressed in full Ghostbusters regalia, full uniform, proton pack, ghost trap, everything in one photo. And he said, I love Ghostbusters. And... The Ghostbusters movie that is on that is coming out is not for me. And it was a split image and he said it could be for me, but it's for her. And it was his little girl dressed up as a Ghostbuster. Now when I saw that, it was shared, you know, it was it was altered, it was shared a dozen different ways, but at the end of the day when I saw that picture, I said to myself, you know, it's it's crazy because when I saw it the first time shared on social media, I was like Eh, father daughter maybe it's two different images whatever the case may be however the story panned out the message that it conveyed was what got my attention and it was the fact that sometimes you got to look at stuff and you got to look at the bigger picture when i originally was talking about it i said i was going to look at it through a small window which was as a fan and as a fan it's like why are you taking what i like and redoing it when it was perfectly fine and shouldn't be touched. And that was fine. And again, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. 
but I understood that they also did it because it's a fucking cash grab. Let's look at the let's look at the surface stuff first. Hey, let's reboot it. It's going to take off. We're going to make money and that's it. The underlying factor isn't fan service, it's money. But I will say that there were enough endearing moments, endearing characters and 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 funny, genuinely cool moments that really, you know, they changed they changed my perception. And again, I thought back to that to that picture on social media and I said to myself, you know, if I had a little girl and I wanted to watch the original Ghostbusters and she watched it with me, I and she said, "Hey, I really liked it. I would I would show her this new film and see if that continues." Because again, it's 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 bigger than that. Obviously for a studio it's a cash grab and I'm never I'm not going to dismiss that because that's true. It is. It's a fucking cash grab. They've made enough money. I mean, they made 46 million dollars. It's not they're not doing it because, you know, they were bored. It's 46 million dollars that they're caking off on. And that's fine. But I also, like I said, had to expand my thinking a little bit and go beyond, oh, it's a reboot. They're ruining my childhood, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at it as, you know what? A new generation of kids may watch this movie and they may become just as much a diehard fan as we did. Again, I'm not saying that it's that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that I went in there with an open mind and, um, huh, looks like, did the call drop? Oh, it did. Look at that. Blog Talk Radio dropped the ball. Oh, no. Even worse. It looks like internet dropped out completely. Huh. Interesting. Hold on a second, guys. Let's dial back in. See, Slick said that the call had dropped, and then my call dropped. Hmm. All right. No idea why that is. It shows I'm still on air, even though it said that the call dropped. Uh... Bear with me, guys. Hmm. All right. It seems that uh, we might be back on board. Let's see. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, shows that the stream is back on. Oh, what a big pain in the ass this is. Uh, bear with me, guys. Let's try this again. Hmm. You know what? It looks like the internet may have dropped out for the live version of the show, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it up and release it anyway so for those of you that are listening to the live version of the show i apologize as it appears that our internet has taken a bit of a crap Uh, i apologize for that if you're listening to the live show but um let's try and finish it up as i was saying uh ghostbusters definitely deserves a watch go in there with an open mind and um make your own make your own assumptions and take it from there i'd love to hear what you guys think again check out our review on rageworks.net if you agree or disagree, I'd love to hear from you guys, either on social media or via the comment section of the review as well. A couple of other updates I did want to put out there. Uh, the X-Men Apocalypse is coming to, uh, well, let me rephrase that. The home video release for X-Men Apocalypse is imminent. The digital HD version will be available on September 9th, um, appearing on Blu-ray, 4K, and DVD on October 4th. So if you are a uh, digital video viewer, you'll be able to pick up the film on a, a, a month in advance, which, again, I still like tangible media. I still like to buy a Blu-ray. So definitely going to be something where, you know, I'm going to want to pick it up on October 4th. But if you are on iTunes or any of these other digital services, you'll be able to get the film a month early. 
Uh, in addition to the film, of course, you're going to get deleted and extended scenes with uh, commentary from Brian Singer. You're getting a gag reel, a rap party video, a documentary. You're also getting audio commentary, concept art, and a photo gallery as well. So with that said, if you are looking forward to that, mark it down on your calendars. Digital HD on September 9th and Blu-ray 4K and DVD on October 4th. In some DC news, Batman on Film is reporting that the Batman solo film with Ben Affleck as Batman is rumored to be set in Arkham Asylum with the uh, the brief plot synopsis stating that Batman is going to be locked inside, which is going to be a great way to showcase a lot of Batman villains that they intend on including in the film. Now, with that, you're... Uh, you know, obviously it's rumors right now, but I think it, it's going to be really cool to see uh, Batman mix it up with villains that we may have not seen on screen before, as well as some of the mainstays that we all know all too well. Uh, again, this is a rumor right now, but Batman on film and a couple of other media outlets are saying that that may be the case. Uh, ben Affleck has said that he is going to do an original story, but that he would borrow and integrate elements from other comic books into this brand new film. Again, once we got additional information, we will be sharing that with you guys. In some sequel news, it looks like we are going to be getting a fifth Shrek film, uh, rumored to be hitting theaters in 2019. Uh, DreamWorks CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg um, as, you know, has said, it's been said that, ugh, let me rephrase that, in a piece about DreamWorks CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg published by The Hollywood Reporter, uh, it was revealed that Shrek 5 is happening in 2019, with the additional note being that DreamWorks will release two films that year. The second project is called Shadows, and it's going to be coming from Edgar Wright and David Williams. Now, obviously, it's one of those things where another Shrek movie, is it necessary? Is it not necessary? You can draw your own conclusions, but there is a, a Shrek film imminent in 2019. Of course, the original Shrek film started in 2001. The last film came out in 2010. And, of course, they did the Puss in Boots spinoff in 2011. So, if you are a Shrek fan, mark it down on your calendars that 2019 is the date that you should be keeping an eye on. Next bit of news I did want to put out there, The Conjuring continues to rack up in the box office, becoming um, one of the most successful horror franchises in cinema history, according to Deadline. Uh, the franchise, of course, has three films, The Conjuring, Annabelle, and The Conjuring 2. Uh, it has surpassed the Saw franchise, which consisted of seven films. Uh, definitely, um, you know, it's one of those situations where you take a movie with a small budget, especially these horror movies that cost 30 to $40 million. Um, you know, the sequel, The Conjuring 2, has earned $301 million worldwide, and it is now the third, let me rephrase that, I knew I fucked that up. The Conjuring is now the third highest grossing franchise in cinema history. That's that's what I meant. Uh, like I said, the franchise has the three films. The only two franchises that remain ahead of Paranormal, um, of The Conjuring, are Paranormal Activity and, of course, Resident Evil. Now, Paranormal Activity has you know a couple of films under its belt. Resident Evil does as well, and even has a film on the horizon. But right now. You know, The Conjuring definitely makes a strong case because it's made with a small budget. It has some decent scares and it has a really solid cast, which, you know, adds to the appeal. So I'm sure we're going to get the inevitable Conjuring sequel, which from what's been said 
is going to center on the nun that was introduced in The Conjuring 2, so consider it more so a spinoff than a direct sequel, much like Annabelle, which is also getting a sequel as well. But uh, congrats to James Wan for another another hit with The Conjuring, which, like I said, you, you can't you can't take away the fact that it's made a ton of money. And, you know, the sequel, like I said, earned $301 million worldwide already. It's It's pretty crazy, that's for sure. Last bit of entertainment news to wrap things up. Marvel has announced that Daredevil is getting a third season on Netflix. It was announced during the Comic-Con panel for Marvel's Luke Cage. Of course, season two of Daredevil introduced the Punisher and was well-received by many comic fans and critics alike. Um, in addition to that, obviously, we're going to get uh, Luke Cage, Jessica, another season of Jessica Jones, most likely, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and of course, The Punisher, which was pretty much green lit based on what happened with the success of daredevil so with that said marvel has a pretty stacked slate in regards to netflix shows and i think that um this is only the beginning marvel's gonna really leverage this netflix relationship and there are a lot of characters that would benefit from being offered you know from having series or movies offered through this service i think daredevil's been you know a runaway hit and has become essentially a gateway for so many other characters i mean you know, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, the Defenders, that's, you know, the Defenders is the big payoff, but the Punisher's success and the Punisher getting green lit really came courtesy of the second season of Daredevil, which showed that everybody was enamored with the Punisher. Everybody felt that the Punisher was, you know, the guy that stole the show in that season. And I think that it's going to be one of those things where uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of that across other shows where... One particular iconic character is going to change the scope of the show as a whole, and it's going to create just a brand new revenue stream for Marvel, and it's going to just get some of our favorite characters and some of our more obscure characters on the big screen. Of course, once I get additional information regarding the upcoming third season of Daredevil, I will share that with you guys. Anyway, as far as I can see, our internet is still down, so... That last bit of entertainment news is going to wrap up the entertainment segment for this week. And it is also going to wrap up this week's show as well. So with that, you've listened to and watched episode 354 of My Take Radio. I've given you my take on MMA, wrestling, gaming, and entertainment this week. As always, I would love to hear yours. Look for My Take Radio on Twitter at My Take Radio. You can also find Rageworks on Twitter as well, Rage underscore Works. In addition to that, you can become a fan on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official Rageworks. Also look for Rageworks on Instagram and Snapchat as well. You can find links to all our social media channels on Rageworks.net. You can subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio to get new episodes of My Take Radio along with other episodes from our other shows on the Rageworks network, including TRSS, the regular season sportscast, Black is the New Black, And, of course, call me when it's over with Josie's Boy. Now, this episode will be available in audio format on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And will be available on video format on our YouTube channel. As I said, youtube.com forward slash official Rageworks. Last but not least, if you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode of my Take Radio, feel free to email me, rich at rageworks.net or mtrhost at mytakeradio.com, whichever is easier. 
and we can set that up. If you're interesting, if you're interested, I mean, <laughs> the anxiety of the internet being down is, is fucking me up. But if you're interested in uh, partnering with us for any giveaways, contests, or advertising, feel free to email me again, rich at rageworks.net or mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, figure out how we can work together and make your company shine with our audience. On behalf of myself, Slick, and the rest of the Rageworks and MTR crew, I'm out of here. I will see you guys next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, hopefully. Peace. I'm rich, bitch! <laughs>